0: Secrets from a coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's been a strange old week. What's been strange, Law? Well, it started off by having to take a bit of a courageous decision. I spotted something that didn't look quite right. And I'm so grateful for all the experience I've had facilitating safety leadership workshops and all that kind of stuff over the years because I now know if something doesn't look right, you've got to trust those spidey senses and you've kind of got to do something about it because it will roll around in your mind and create far more havoc afterwards, you know, worrying about what could or could not have happened than actually maybe the discomfort of doing something in that moment and it's been interesting that was kind of in my personal life starting off something I spotted in my everyday goings and comings and goings in sort of uh, where, where around where I live um what's been quite interesting is that I don't think I'm alone there seems to be lots of big decisions that people are having to take at the moment it's almost like Debs there's more disruption at this end than there was almost at the start what's your read on stuff at the moment yeah, I think I think you're right. Actually,
1: Law, um, people are, are struggling to make decisions because they're um, uncertain. Um, and I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they've got this whole plan for a conference that's supposedly happening in November, December. But obviously with the government announcing that we may or may not go back into some form of lockdown, it's just chucked that up in the air for them. And they were really getting anxious and worried about it and and not quite sure which way to turn before, you know, until they know more. So we were able to talk about some techniques that would enable them to just make the right decision for them and just know what to do, research what as much as they can. And that was really interesting to see that. But, she, you know, she's just one of many that we're
0: talking about around that. Yeah. I mean, teams that we were running sessions with this week, they're having to deal with recruitment issues, seem to be massive at the moment. Either not enough people in and lots of vacancies, so everyone having to work in a different way, or people have been recruited in who don't really know what they're doing, which is creating sort of additional challenges in itself. So I do think there are either scenarios that we're going to find ourselves happening across, like what I found at the start of the week, and dealing courageously and confidently with those scenarios that we might not feel trained for. And then there are also, like um, the person, wonderful person we're going to hear from in a moment, who you spend time with, there might be some big ticket items that are going to need us to roll our sleeves up, deal with and face with as courageously as possible. And I think it can be sometimes so inspiring to listen to other people's hard-won wisdom and extract from that the things that might help for us, even if the scenario might be slightly different.
1: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I had the um, pleasure of speaking to Sophie Bennett, who I've known for a number of years since she was a little girl. Um, and just listening to her having to make some really brave and courageous decisions around um, what was going on for her and her health, um, having been sort of um, found out she's got the BRCA2 gene mutation, which was like um wow moment. But just listening to how she talks about what's important to her, trusting herself, knowing herself more than anybody else, um, and I think she talked really openly, Law, um, with me around her decision, her family, facing potential death, um, making good choices and making the right decision for her in a really self-assured way. So listen in, Law. Um, and for those of you who are listening in, we did have a few technical issues, but like everything else, we were courageous and we kept on going so that we could create a good interview for you to listen to. So enjoy. <laughs> I am delighted to be speaking to Sophie Bennett, who I've known for years and have watched Mm -hmm. her grow up and um, have to deal with an enormous amount of, of challenge in her life. Well, as you know, we're talking about courage. So what I would sort of set off straight off the bat with is, so what does courage mean
2: to you? It's a hard one, isn't it? But I think courage mostly is about being authentic and being who you are and really sticking to your guns, you know, and really when you say I'm doing this, that's what you're doing. And it's being brave in that moment and taking sort of like five seconds of bravery to be like, what am I doing? Where am I going with this? And then pursuing that. Um, And it's not always the most popular opinion. It's not always to to other people. But I think if it's important to you, um, then it's important to go for it.
1: And how have you always ensured, Sophie, that those decisions that you make have been the right ones for you?
2: I think it's about properly listening to to yourself having a moment with yourself whether that's you know like practicing a bit of mindfulness and you know just being being with yourself and saying right what what am I doing what's going on with me and how can I move forward positively what's going to feel right for me you know inherently inside of me and then doing that um and it's. I think it's important as well to differentiate when you're feeling anxious or when you're feeling like something's wrong and when you're feeling like something's anxious because it's not the same. Yeah. You know, you can be quite anxious about doing something that's actually the right thing to do yeah. um, rather than saying, well, I'm not going to do that because it's wrong. Well, is that correct? You know, really taking a minute with yourself and, and figuring that out, I think, is really important.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I will completely agree with you. And I know um, you had to face your fears, huge mm. fears, um, yeah. a few years back now. So um, mm. are you happy to sort of share what it yeah. was and what you know what happened to you and mm. um you know how 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 did you face that um with courage and bravery actually mm. to make the right decision for you.
2: Well it was it was yeah it was really tr- tricky as you say so this whole thing kind of started when my, when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he was diagnosed with prostate cancer and they said this might be genetic. And we thought, okay, interesting. Yeah, it could be. And they said, you should be tested genetically as in me and, and my stepbrothers. And I thought, okay, well, I'll get tested then. And my test did come back positive for BRCA2. Right. And I thought, right. And I'd spoken to a geneticist before then. And I had always said, if it comes back positive, I am having a double mastectomy, preventative surgery. I just am. Mm. And that's what I said to myself. And then it did come back positive. And I thought, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And I thought, right, okay. Well, I always said I would and I had a minute with myself, had a sit down, obviously spoke to my spouse about it and um, and I said, well, yeah, I'm going to have to really because I am quite an anxious person. So yeah. I couldn't imagine thinking every day, today's the day that I'm going to be diagnosed or today is this going to happen? It's going to be awful. So I decided to go for it and, and I said, you know, I am doing that and yeah. I always said I would and I am going to. And I think that was probably the hardest decision to make overall was the first, very first decision yeah um and then it took me a while to get surgery I was 24 when I was diagnosed and I had my surgery last year as you know yes. um so that whole process took such a long time and during that process I really felt I had to advocate for myself I really felt I had to have my opinion heard because I felt like in some instances I wasn't taken seriously mm. and and yeah as I said earlier like it takes that kind of three seconds of bravery and courage to say mm. This is what's right for me. This is what's right for my body. I know my body better than you do. Yeah. So in terms of surgery, they offered me a, like, like a DF surgery first, which is where they use stomach fat to reconstruct your breasts for you. Um, but that sounded like a super hectic surgery for me at the time, and I thought I don't want that to happen yeah. to me. Basically, I said that's yeah. that's really not my vibe. Um, and they said, well, we think it's the best surgery, and, and I said I get that totally. I said, but, but surely there are other options because mm. that's not that doesn't fit for me right now they said well we can do sort of like an implant-based reconstruction and I said that's that one you know that's that's what I want and yeah yeah I'll do that and and that's what we did and that 100% still obviously I haven't had the other surgery so I wouldn't know but I was in the ward with a lot of other people that had had that surgery and it Mm -hmm. just seems so so hectic and and I thought I'm so pleased I made that decision and I stuck to my guns with that because I just couldn't envisage myself in that scenario yeah um you know and it it is it's so scary and it's for so many people it's so scary but you know when you when you're in that situation and you've you know been dealing with that for such a long time Mm. especially with a parent that's actually already ill you know I was like it feels like there's such a rush to do that there were so many people in my family that have been diagnosed and subsequently died mm. from having cancer. And I was like, I don't have this time to to waste to be having this conversation with so many people about what you think is the right decision mm. or what you don't, because I know what's the right decision for me. Yeah, and I'd like to process, please.
1: I know when you first told us, so for, uh, it was like that bit that go. First of all, whoa, you know, you're mm. so young. Um, yeah, that, yeah. That's determination that you had, and as you said, you made the decision for you, and that determination to make the right decision for you. And I mm. remember you having those conversations with different people questioning their, you know, how they were going to do it. And I remember yeah. you talking a lot about that and then the impact it had on your family and people around yeah. you. And I suppose when you think about that now and, you know, I horrendous to even think that, but the decision you made, you made and you carried it through. And you know, so you're, you know, you're here to tell the tale today for us, especially as it's, you know, breast awareness month as well, which is even yeah. more important. What have you learned about yourself during that time? So
2: I learned. That I am dedicated once once I've got an idea in my mind yeah that's going to happen and if if I feel it's right then I'll do it and I did so much research and stuff it's not I sort of didn't go into this blindly of course but but once you've done your research and you know it's right for you I think it's so important to just go for it and it's kind of allowed me to live in my authenticity a bit more really because I feel so empowered by being able to make the right choice for me to be able to say that was the right decision and I feel really good about that yeah and so if anything it's kind of positively reinforced how I look after myself as well and, and yeah I was right about me that's you know and that's a that's a really nice feeling I, that's a good choice <laughs>
1: that's a good choice so how do you continue to look after you and make those good choices
2: for you as I said to you and as I say to everyone it's it's truly about you you know when you're yeah. going through something like cancer treatment or you know anything really but specifically obviously my experience is cancer treatment is that you must be true to yourself 100%. There's no other way that you can navigate that. Yeah. And you have to say, what is the right fit for you right now? Yeah, And then you just have to sit down with yourself. As I said, And I do a lot of practicing mindfulness and that's a lot of that is from you largely. And being, as I said, at one with yourself, having a moment with yourself and saying, what do I want? Mm. And being super clear. And you can write down your intentions. That's really helpful sometimes. Yeah. Write down any questions that you have and be honest with yourself and say, actually that's not the good decision for me or this actually really does work for me better than you know I had anticipated write down your intentions as I said and then manifest those and then make those things happen got to be really active and you know reactive and proactive and making those choices and and bringing that to you basically.
1: What did you Mm. learn about other people around you during that time?
2: And then a lot of other people have a lot of opinions, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some people that aren't going to agree with you or, you know, are going to say that your decision is the wrong one. Yeah. And as long as you know in your heart that you're doing the right thing, then that yeah. shouldn't deter you. So that's probably the biggest thing I learned was, was that people you know yes. perhaps we'll try and sway you but it doesn't really matter what they think
1: yeah strength of your mind though as you say, yeah is what's key isn't it that knowing mm. that authentic mm. knowing what's in your heart knowing it's yeah. absolutely the right decision for you yeah. and not being swayed it's um mm. it's not always easy for people is it
2: no it's not and that's why i said earlier that you know, with the writing of your intentions, sometimes it's really good to have something to look back on and say yeah. yes no this is exactly what i meant earlier you know when you're having those kind of moments of doubt you can say right this is me being true to myself and I've got something to physical to refer back to yeah and I know that I'm right and yeah. so I think that is really really useful and I, I've i done that I have sort of like diary entries but they're mostly as I said intentions or like manifestations as to how I want to feel or yeah. where I want to be in the future yeah. um, and I found that really really helpful sometimes when I ha- was having that doubt
1: yeah how do you help others have a better understanding of what it means mm. and raise their awareness how do you do that now? Yeah.
2: So I'm super active on social media because I think it's a really powerful tool. I know it can be used in the wrong ways a lot of the time, but I think there's a lot of power for good in social media, specifically Instagram for me works really well. Yeah. Um, and I just try and team up with other people that have been through a similar thing I think there's power in numbers certainly for you know people like us that have got um, pre-cancer cells like me so I, I collaborate with quite a few people I did a lot of work with Live Through This and I did some work with Copperfield um, and I, most recently I've done some work with Girl vs. Cancer and these are all incredible organisations that are really really helpful and really amplify the voices of so many people Yeah. Um, Live Through This really are the people Stuart um, is the person that really um helped me initially. So it's a safe space for LGBT plus people who are struggling with cancer in some way. Yeah. Um, and it's it is exactly as it describes such a safe place to talk about how you're feeling and to you, they can you know provide you with professional speech to as well. It's a really brilliant service, uh, and that really kickstarted a lot of my work with yeah. um, Macmillan as well. I did some work with Macmillan just sort of blog posts and that sort of thing, um, and then you know that progressed into working with Copperfield and working with um, as I said most recently, Girl vs Cancer. So, what would you suggest
1: if somebody was finding themselves in a position where you know they may have been diagnosed with something
2: that they're just not sure mm.
1: of. What would be your advice for somebody?
2: I'd say find other people that have had that diagnosis. Utilise services that are around you. So whether that be, you know, as I said, live through this copper field, all these other places, or anyone that you know, maybe that's been in a similar situation. Yeah. And speak to those people and say, how was that for you? Obviously, if they don't mind you asking, yes. how was that for you? Yeah. <laughs> don't just ask. Um. You know how how was that for you? How did you navigate that? Do you feel any kind of way about that? Yeah. You know, and then then think about how you're feeling as well. You know, am I feeling negative? For the most part, probably, because it's quite a scary time. Okay, how do I navigate that then? How do I utilize that in a different way that's going to be positive, that's going to help create positive change? I'd always recommend being more mindful. I'd always recommend, writing, as I said, writing your intentions down, manifesting where you want to be, thinking positively is so important it sounds so silly and it sounds like you know stay positive those awful quotes that you see everywhere but (laughs) but it's true you have to because you you know if if you won't laugh, you'll cry because it's so emotional all the time but you've got to you've got to stay positive because ultimately I always say to myself it is actually going to be okay you know it it probably is going to be fine and you just need to take the steps to get to that sort of fine stage
1: one step at a time you've helped your family come through this with you as well um, mm, mm. how did you help them
2: that's a hard question i think i don't know i think i sort of said it's all right yeah you know, you know like assurance. It, it is actually okay like i'm yeah. i'm not dying and yes. and that's the thing is like i'm not and i could have been and so it's yeah. amazing because we've caught it you know yes. and when i think the a massive turning point was finally when we had the surgery date booked we knew it was happening yeah um and then they obviously took a they well they took all of my breast tissue away but they ha- they obviously did um uh tests on the tissue to make sure that they it was benign and it came back benign yeah. and I think at that point I was like right brilliant it, it's come back benign now I've just got to do this healing process we can do that yeah the pain is temporary that was what we were worried about was the, the fact that the tissue could not have been benign yeah so when it was that put I think everybody's mind at ease I remember texting Carl even yeah. saying it's benign it's okay and it was yeah. this kind of like wave of relief yeah. but I think the biggest thing is actually just being really honest um about how you how you're feeling yeah. um whether that be physically feeling or mentally feeling you know there were times in hospital I had complications because it's me um in, in hospital so I had <laughs> no, to stay for a little so while yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah know, exactly um And I was just super honest with myself, with the nurses, with my spouse, with my family. And I said, listen, I'm finding today super hard, but I'm not having a great mental day right now. You know, I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling like this is never ending. Um, I'll be okay for tomorrow. But right now I'm just, I'm not in a great space. And I think once you're really honest with your feelings, um, that makes that process easier. Yes. And it, it makes you able to take a bit of perspective, I think, and say, well, I wasn't feeling this rubbish yesterday, and I likely won't feel this rubbish tomorrow. But I do feel a bit rubbish. I'm going to wallow in my sadness for about five minutes, and then we're going to get yeah. a bit more positive. Yeah. Um, so I think that is probably the most useful thing. And once people see you doing that, as in yes. family or friends see you doing that, they're like, oh, okay, she's actually all right. Yeah. You know, yeah, she's processing and then that allows them to then process and it's creating a safe space emotionally for everybody around you yeah definitely
1: so what would be your one piece of advice to people
2: just go for it i think that'd be it just go for it just go for it yeah Yeah. and don't be frightened to advocate for yourself you know your body better than anybody else does and if you don't think something's right for you then don't do it you know that's the most important thing. Know yourself, know your body, know your mind, yeah. and then the whole process is so much easier. Yeah,
1: great advice there. So, and also, if you're if you're thinking something doesn't feel right, is mm-hmm. it out right. Don't yeah, hundred percent. Don't, don't just sit it. on
2: it. No, no, yeah. no. Don't just do that. You know, and I think there's uh, you know a lot of people are quite nervous about going to the doctors specifically and, and going into healthcare, but. It's, it's such an amazing service that we have access to mm. and for the most part all of the doctors were brilliant that i was in contact with the the man that did my surgery armor word what an amazing man like he was amazing yeah. and all of the nurses that i was in contact with after were brilliant all of my checkup nurses were amazing like it's a fully supportive system
1: and how do people find you Soph if they want to just to have that reach out to you, or you've been, or even oh, lived through this. You know how would they? Yeah, how would they
2: reach out to you. Come and follow me on Instagram. My handle is Sophia Bennett, and that's five Ts on the end there. <laughs> um, so you can come and chat to me. I'm more than happy to. But as I said, I've done some blogs on Macmillan as well. Macmillan has a lot of blog posts on there on their website, and that's always a really nice tool to use. Whether you're going through bracket genetic mutation like me, or so many other things, they've they've got so much on there. Um, there's so many charities that you can get involved with. As I said, Copperfield, you know, Girl versus Cancer, live through this. Just to say a few, there's so many more out there. Yeah. If you look, you'll find things.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just want to say a huge thank you for taking the time out and just, um, you know, raising the awareness to your experience, but also, you know, others that may be going through something mm. similar and that, that courage that you had and as long as you're being, as you said, authenticity is going to be key to making sure that you yeah. live your best life, right? 100%.
0: Hundred yeah, percent. Cool. Thanks, so <laughs> <fun speaking laughs> of course. To you. See and you, later. you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Oh, Devs. I love Sophie. She's so good to listen to. What was? I mean, I know you've known her for years. What was your main takeout from your time with her?
1: Mm. I think my main takeout with just talking to her again just reminded me about the 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 ability to live in your authentic self as she talked about it Um, and making sure that you know in your heart of hearts the right decision for you and I think that's the bit asking yourself what do I want and then making sure you sort of did you do your research which is what she did and she did loads of research around it at the time I think that's what I took away from her.
0: I thought it was really good advice you were sharing about how um, being able to go back in time and reflect on the decision you made back in time. Even if the outcome might have kind of changed a bit because there might be circumstances out of your control, you can still have confidence in that decision. And one of my most favourite tools that I've kind of been wheeling out again recently, actually, that people seem to have enjoyed is that uh, the brain tool. And the brain gives you these five questions, B-R-A-I-N, that enable you to circle around either a dilemma where there is no easy option to choose from, or when you are stuck in analysis paralysis, as you call it, where, you know, feeling unable to move. So I use this bit of kit at the start of the week when I had that scenario, do I step in? Do I just let this scenario kind of continue? And so whether this is you're sort of stuck in a job that you don't like and you're thinking, shall I move? Whether you are stuck in a relationship scenario that needs a little bit of adjustment, whatever the um, the professional or personal setup, the brain tool is a sturdy enough tool to, A, allow you to think around a problem and make a decision easier. And B, allow you to still feel confident about that decision you took because the logic still stands, even if the outcome has kind of shifted a bit. And brain stands for, number one, the benefits. So what are the benefits of me leaving? The risks. What are the risks of me leaving? What are the alternatives? What are the alternatives to me leaving? What's my intuition say about leaving? And if I were to do nothing what would the consequence be? And sometimes it's that end question that actually really prompts you into, actually, there's going to be darker things that happen if I don't do something compared to the things that might happen if I do. So that brain tool is really useful for anyone that's really a bit sort of stuck at the moment. And it could be a sub one second thought process, or it could be something that a team does to be able to think through some tricky questions or some tricky challenges together. So the brain tool is something that seems to be a really energising conversation at the moment. It allows us to shift and move on.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, in effect, when you listen to what Sophie had to go through, you're making those decisions. She, you know, doing nothing wasn't an option, obviously, in her case. But that ability to not listen to other people's opinions. As she said, everybody's got an opinion, but that that bit that says that would enable you to keep your decision-making really clean, wouldn't it, to use the brain tool? Um, So you're making the right decision based on the information that you've got that's right for you. So... Perfect, perfect use of it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a no-brainer, Deb's. It's a no-brainer, it's a no-brainer law. So come on then, coach. Um, these blooming coaches I keep hanging around with. Before I know <laughs> it, I've signed up to do a triathlon, which I just <laughs> are four words I never thought was going to come out of my I mouth. Would, it's a I very... wouldn't believe it either, law. Oh, it's a very junior one. So, um, uh, yeah, anyway, therefore, I've got to go and buy some trainers now. But anyway, it's, it's a very junior thing. But, yeah, before you know it, you can start hanging around with these action-oriented people who ask you all these intelligent questions and then suddenly yes. you go, okay, I'm signing up for a triathlon. So, come on, coach. What would be your call to action for someone listening, thinking, yeah, I could do with a bit of courage? Um, I could tap into that. You've got some hairy couple of months ahead in the run-up to Christmas. What's going to help you out these Halloween scary times? What's that dose of courage that you would inspire us to action?
1: Yeah, so I think what I would do is um, I'd whip up my own list of intentions, as Sophie said, and um, put some questions down that you want to find the answer out to. Whether you answer them in the moment or not, it doesn't matter. But just the act of writing that question down enables your brain to start working on it and it starts looking for the rights or the wrongs or what might get in the way or the fears. So I would definitely do that. Write down your intentions about what you do want, write down some questions associated with it and just let that permeate through until you're at that point of making that decision.
0: Yeah, lovely. Um, my share the secret would be um, what Sophie talked about. Um, chances are we all know someone in our life who's going through something either similar or equally tricky. Get them to listen to this. I think listening to people who are on the other side and sharing their wisdom can be a game changer if you're feeling a little bit lost in it and it allows you to stay on it, as you said. So I'd say share this with anyone you know who's going through a bit of a tough time at the moment, who needs that dose of borrowed courage Um, And uh, yeah, just to reassure them that things will get better, as she said. Things will get better. And it's knowing what's important for you that is really key. So really looking forward to next week, Debs, which is where we are going to be talking about assertiveness. so that skill set of being able to stand up for yourself being able to assert some boundaries maybe some of the relationships ways of working especially important for anyone who is now switching the geography of where they work so you know i'm expecting to sit in the desk by the window and there you are debs <laughs> already there (laughs) eating your cake all over my keyboard how are we going to deal with it so next week we'll be covering all about asserting your boundaries and what that means from a communication point of view so as always so fascinating when we get a guest and uh, big big thanks again to Sophie Bennett so Des have a fab week love you you too love you
1: too Bye. bye
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at AOL.com or follow us on Insta at Secretsfromacoach.